everybody, and welcome back to the tailgate. This is Tailgate Talks powered by the nation. Today is Thursday, January 25th. We took a week off, you know, basketball kind of let some things happen. Also been busy on our side, so uh, sorry it took so long for us to get back to you. But uh, today is episode 211, uh, 211 tailgate, so we're excited. We've got a lot of basketball to discuss, to catch up on. And then basketball to preview. This is a full Texas Tech men's basketball episode we got for you guys. And to catch everything we are doing here at Tailgate Talks throughout the rest of this basketball season. Only six more home games. I saw that post the other day, Dustin. It made me sad. Yeah, I don't know who did that, but we don't need that in our lives. Don't need that. Only six (laughs) games left, uh, but we'll be here to cover it. The wins, the losses, uh, everything for this first Grant McCaslin era. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings. Five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate a review there. Uh, Also, follow us on social media. We are on Twitter or X at tailgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting and interacting social media-wise. But we do have Facebook, Instagram, and a YouTube channel been pretty quiet on that lately but you know go ahead support give us a follow maybe more subscribers uh maybe we'll post more content there you never know interviews stuff like that that we might have uh coming up for you guys and lastly if you have anything to discuss on the tailgate you can always email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com for that so with all that said let's go ahead and get into this week's episode we're gonna start this thing off right well, Dustin, last time we talked to the tailgaters out there, Texas Tech was 2-0. In conference, well, now fast forward three games in the books and the Red Raiders four in one in the Big 12 conference right now. A top alone at the top, thanks to an Iowa State victory over Kansas State last night. Uh, before we get into the games, just kind of uh, a check in on how it feels right now sitting at four and one in the conference. Did you see this coming? Uh, how surprised are you? Just kind of where we're sitting right now here before a cr- critical weekend. I guess, like, schedule-wise, no, I'm not that surprised. I think I'm just yeah. more surprised at how we've done it. I mean, it, yeah, not a single game has been a pretty one yet, so there's that. Um, but then, like, you look around the Big 12, I'm glad you started with this, because, like, it's always been hard in the Big 12, and you will get a few wild games, but this is harder than ever and more so wilder than ever. Like, used to, like, home games where, all right, win your home games, steal a few on the road, you'll be in the top, you know, three, four, five teams. Now teams are having trouble winning on the road, even us. Yeah. Or, I mean, at home. We just had two hella hard home games. Like, Kansas is even losing at home. Kansas is losing the bottom tier West Virginia. Texas had just got their first win at home the other day. Like, it's been so wacky and wild, man, and, like, we were talking in the stands during BYU, like how many losses might the Big 12 champ have? We were we kind of settled on like 12 and 6. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, that's wild to think because every other year it's been two or less. <laughs> like if you got three, you're gonna need help. You have like three. You have like three. Uh, three you're in play, but Kansas might need State. help because of how yeah. good Kansas usually is. And it's like now we're talking six. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild when you look at the Big Twelve. I think like road games are tougher than ever. You add in four more teams, and like UCF, who we kind of I think a lot of us wrote off as not really going to have a chance. Huh. Uh, in this conference, they've beat Kansas at home and West Virginia, another team that, you know, started the season, you know, lost Bob Huggins in the off season, had a lot of turmoil. They've beat Kansas yeah. at home. Um, like you said, Texas knocks off Baylor on the road for, or at home for their first home win um, after they lost to us and UCF at yeah. home. 
Um, it's just, it's been pretty crazy. It's very difficult to get wins in this league and all the new four teams are just adding to that. And so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a five loss, six loss, big 12 team. Cause you look at it, we're four and one. We're the only right. us and Baylor are the only teams that played five games. We both had our like bye week and everybody else, two, three losses already, yeah. you know, and that's where that's crazy. Barely. We're, into, yeah. What a, third of the way in yeah we're like week three right now and you know kansas has lost two games on the road so you can only kind of expect they're probably going to lose a couple games on the road uh down the stretch you know um and so yeah i think for me it's like i think for me like so wait go ahead it's like harder than ever like i said but it's like there's gonna be 10 11 teams that make it to the tournament we know it's always makes it better. Like our buy couldn't have come at a better time right now. I think. Yeah, I think you really needed it. A couple of gritty games that you've had to play, grinded out games. But for me, you know, four and one, it's not ultra surprising. I think before the season, if you look at it, hey, win our home games, maybe still one at Texas. Um, I didn't think you were going to beat Houston, but four and one isn't that surprising when you kind of configure when you figure the opponents into that, right? Um. And, and you know, doesn't matter what team it is. I, I still expect us to have a good home record just because of our, our crowd and stuff. And so um, I think getting that win against Texas really kind of changed the tone for how you're heading into conference play. They struggled for a bit. Now they look all of a sudden a little bit better at UT. So that win you feel better about. Uh, you beat a good Kansas State team and, of course, BYU. So let's get into the game. Since we last spoke to you guys, it was right before the Kansas State game. So we're not going to super dive into this one as we got two other games yeah. re more recent. Um, but since we last spoke to you guys, we got to at least hit on it. Texas Tech did defeat Kansas State. Uh, that moved us to 3-0 and in conference play at the time. It was a gritty 60-59 to uh, comeback victory yes. uh, theme for this Texas Tech team down 11 I think as many as 12 maybe in that second half uh, and you're able to grind your way back to a victory thanks to Joe Toussaint's clutch and one bucket down the stretch and then uh, he played great defense on Tyler Perry and the infamous uh, the clock never got started I think it's still set to seven <laughs> seconds at the USA right now um, but Dustin uh, just like your quick thoughts on uh, what was a stressful game uh, a couple Saturdays ago. Yeah, that wasn't stressful. They were shooting the lights out first half, like another team coming up. But, like, you know, they didn't stretch the lead terribly on us, even though like, it was crazy that they went on a 20-0 run yeah. in your own house. Like, that's just wild to see. Uh, glad we got things back. Seven minutes. Yeah, we went seven minutes without scoring. Back on track after that. So, it's like. The game was never crazy. It just felt you couldn't do anything. That was a terrible ref job as well. Um, yeah. You're also starting to see some, uh, you know, newer newer teams getting used to some Big 12 officiating on Twitter. Yeah. To <laughs> Welcome to bases. the club, guys. But Poor Cincinnati. Yeah, that one was super gritty. Um, and this is where, the, like, the scheduling comes in, like, I'm glad we don't have to go to K-State K and they try to get some revenge on that that loss because they should have won that yeah. game probably. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, there was a lot of bad missed calls. I, I kind of went back to rewatch that game and there was just so many things that counted on both sides. Yeah. You know, I wasn't just looking at on both sides that I was like, man, I can't believe they missed that or I can't believe they called that. Um, but it just kind of showed the toughness of this Very. team. Yes, it was not a pretty game at all. You didn't play well, um, kind of on both sides of the ball. It felt like, but uh, you were able to just kind of fight, keep fighting, kept yourself close, uh, made some big plays down the stretch, and got the victory. And so that sent you to three and zero in conference play. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. Big road game against the Houston Cougars, <laughs> and that one went uh not in your favor not in your favor at all as houston handed texas tech its first conference loss of the season moving us to three and one it was a 77 to 54 uh beat down uh houston just uh we ran into a buzzsaw they were yes. a team who started you know lost two games on the road in a row and they were hungry for a victory and you could tell it they started you know pretty much from tip to end of that game they were just the hungrier they fought harder they got loose balls 
Uh, they did all the little things. They hit their shots and they beat you. Dustin, thoughts on the first loss for the Red Raiders this season at the hands of Houston? Yeah, that's not an upset. Also glad we don't play these guys again because yeah, thank God they're ranked in the top five in every ranking out there for a reason. <clears throat> they got the athletes, they got the length, they got the coach um, for all that stuff, and they proved it. I mean, they came out super hungry, but like their length on the perimeter on defense just really crushed our two smaller ish guards in Pop yeah. and Joe. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't get open. Um, they couldn't drive. Joe could barely handle the. Yeah, Joe could barely handle. The yeah, like, was, it, literally just couldn't get the offense started to go anywhere. Then you kind of saw second half. We just kind of gave up on it and started jacking up threes, and that's about when I turned the game off because it was a lost cause. But hey, I mean, sometimes and like shed on Houston was just a dog and was doing everything for him. Um, it just wasn't going to happen for us that night, and everything happened for them. So. Sometimes that that's how it goes in this league, and they're a really good team, so it's okay to drop that one. You bounced back from it. Yeah, I you know I think for the most part, most fans were pretty realistic with that loss. Kind of yeah. expected something like that to happen. There were a few fans that were like, "What the hell? Not a tough team." Blah blah. I mean, I don't think anybody in the country was beating Houston on this particular night. No. Like they're like you said, like they're a top five team for a reason. They have really good guard play. Jamal Shedd, 29 points. I think he had a career high, a career night for him. Uh, he was just an absolute bucket getter, caused yeah. problems defensively. And, you know, for me, this is just a, this is a, the worst matchup, I think, yes. of any team in the Big 12 for you. But their athleticism, their size, their ability to crash boards. Like, you could tell you had a, had an emphasis on it, and it was there at the start. But 40 minutes going up against nope. those guys trying to get boards is no, not an easy task. And you could tell it start to wear like Warren was gassed. I thought he gave a great effort. Um, but this was the game where you could tell like you needed a Devin Cambridge, just another body yeah. of, of kind of size to be in there to battle. Um, this was like the first real game. I thought you really missed Devin. Um, and, and, but yeah, Houston, you kind of just sometimes just got to throw it up and be like, yep, this is, you know, this is their night. Uh, they were going to be anybody, <laughs> it felt like. No um, doubt. Is there anything you think you learned from this game? Uh, not me, like, watching this team. <clears throat> but I think coaching staff and players <laughs> definitely learned a lot and took from it. Yeah. I mean, especially some of these newer guys, like, well, it's not so easy all the time. Sometimes teams kick your ass. and. Yeah. That's not fun. That makes you get back in the gym a little harder. So I think that's kind of where I take it from. Take your ass kicking, get back to Lubbock, and hit the Womble and practice gym so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, I don't know if there's much to take from this game. Um, you know, a few of the things that were frustrating to watch is, uh, you know, like you said, you were just kind of having to jack up threes, but I think, like, jacking up threes were the only open shots you were getting because <laughs> – like they were so good defensively, yeah. I thought. Like, oh, we couldn't. Like, you'd get the ball, even breathe on the yeah. paint. It felt like you would have an opening, and then you take a dribble, and then it, like the whole team was there. You know, it just you had to go right up with it, and you know, time and time again, our players just kind of seem like they forgot that you just got to go up with it if you got a look, uh, and then they would dribble or pivot, and then Houston would be all over yep. you, and then like it's a turnover, and so they were just uh, the superior team, and. And they're a really damn good team. I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on, you know, we just talked about how chaotic the Big 12 is uh, right now and, and these new four additions. But um, Houston, do you think that they are the team to beat right now in the Big 12 with, you know, Kansas kind of, you know, they've lost to two of the bottom tier teams in the conference. Um, I know Houston's lost a couple road games. They were to good teams, I think. Right. Iowa State, TCU, first experience in real Big 12 environments. So, um, but where, where, where do they stand in the big 12 to you? Yeah, I still think it's them in Kansas, like just based on recruits and athletes and coaching, like they got all those points hit and like you saw, and they showed the graphics of it, like the defense that Houston's played the last five years is number one in the country in field goal percentage for the opponent. And huh, we helped that cause for sure. Um, but yeah, they're not playing in 
you know, some lower conference where Memphis is the only contender in a pad stat. So it's going to be a little tougher for them. But I think now, like, you know, they got that Baylor transferred. They got enough big guys to rotate through. Like, they're fine depth and talent-wise. Like, it's not really an adjustment for them. So, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be right there either in the end of the season or in Kansas City at the tournament winning one of those, I think. Yeah, I think, like, if I had to bet on who is going to win the Big 12, I, I think I'd put my money on Houston. I think I think it was going to be a bit of a shock to them their first time playing in Big 12 road environments because they're not used to that. Sure. They're just not. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State, TCU, they're like Texas Tech, Kansas. These are different environments. They're not used to it. So I think they kind of got punched in the face. Those are still really close games. Like, yeah. they, you know, it's not like they got drubbed. I think they're going to figure out the road aspect. They kind of did the other night, got a, you know, road at BYU, a uh, road win at yep. BYU. Tough game. Um, and so if they can figure out how to get some games on the road, I think like they're going to be really tough to beat at home. They're winning games at home by double digits. Yeah. Like they're blowing teams out of their home arena. So if Kansas continues to struggle on the road, I think I got Houston winning this league. Um, and like I said, thank God we don't have to play them twice because they're just a matchup. In this no, I don't care if they had to come you. here. I would rather just not have yeah. to play them again. So thankful for that part of this new Big 12. Yeah, thankful that we only have to play them once. On with it. Maybe we'll see them in the Big 12 tournament. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how we match up. That's the only thing is it would be interesting to see how we match up with them at home. Like, is it that big of a mismatch or was it just like the home environment for them? That'd be the only thing, but uh, definitely don't think you can take too much from this game. I think you're going to learn more about your team over the course of these next two road games uh, than you will through this one, but some quick stats before we move on to uh, the BYU victory. Uh, Kerwin, I thought Kerwin played a pretty, good game in this one as well he had 18 points made six threes for you while nobody else's shots were falling his at least were falling he kind of kept you in the game there for a little bit before things really fell through Kerwin played uh, his best conference game of the season so far for you at least offensively uh, pop struggled he had 12 points on 4 of 15 shooting really inefficient night for him um, Joe was had nine points really struggled with the uh, physicality of Houston that they brought at the guard position. I thought he played one of his uh, worst games uh, with us. And then Warren Washington, I thought he battled. Uh, you know, he had six points, nine boards, three blocks, two steals, just kind of stuff in the stat sheet. Uh, he, he was having a battle with a bunch of physical uh, interior def- uh, guys all night, so he was exhausted. Of course, Jamal Shedd, like we said, 29 points. We turned the ball over 14 times. That's not going to do it on the road. And then he gave up 40 points in the paint uh, and 12 offensive rebounds. Just kind of some other stats that showed just kind of how dominant Houston was in that game. But let's turn the page like the Red Raiders did. We turned the page, moved on back to Lubbock in the 806 for BYU's first trip to uh, Lubbock in, uh, I think, in any sport. I, I, I can't remember if they've showed up if they played here for volleyball or not, I know the lady Raiders played in BYU. So this might be their first chance to get out to Lubbock for any sport. I know there was a good uh, showing from some BYU fans who seemed to have a good time and well, things did not start off great. It was a pretty brutal first half for the Red Raiders. BYU made nine threes in the first half. They were just absolutely killing you. 16 point lead at the half. Uh, Many of us were trying to stay in club red for the second half, uh, but little 9-0 run to start the half, or a little run to start the half. Got it down to nine points. Things kick into gear, and the Red Raiders stormed back. Get the victory over then-ranked number 20 BYU, 85-78, to led by Pop Isaacs. It was a tell of two halves, kind of for both teams. Dustin, what did you think about this victory over BYU? This is one of the most crazy wins I've seen in any sport that I've gone to at Tech, yeah. you know, in my 10, over 10 years. Like, I was still feeling that one afterwards for a long time. Yeah, we were making plans at yep. halftime of maybe we'll get to leave early because we're going to get ran out and lose by 20. That's how it was going. And then, like, yeah, second half was crazy. Like, And the other thing was, like, 
and I've been in some good games in that spirit arena in the last, you know, six, seven years. Yeah. That was some of the loudest I've ever heard it. Some of the eruptions that happened there. Yeah. And it was so loud. And that's like, damn, I'm glad we have 15,000 capacity and don't have to worry about downsizing to 7,000 or 10,000 because we can't fill a gym. Like, BYU came to town, we filled the damn gym up, and it was really freaking loud. And you got to know that second half, that affected them a little bit. Mm-hmm. It had to have. So, like, yep. that's why we love having a huge, massive stadium like this and not having to downsize. And I thought it was crazy, one of the best environments we've had in a while. Like, just the eruptions were nuts. But, yeah, Pop just put the team on his back like crazy, dude. It was awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, the crowd was awesome. It, you know, we, we've been in, in big crowds like that, but, you know, sometimes when we had the big crowds, we, we blow out the teams or it's not like that close of a game, but like we needed to ride the crowd to get back yeah. into that one. I mean, it was such a bad first half for you. You were just looking for any sign of life. And so getting a little bit of life at the start of the second half brought the crowd back in it. It was loud. And comebacks like that are just fun, yeah. you know, when you when you have the crowd going, you're hitting shots, pops going off, your defense is getting stops, um, you know, and then for a while there, it was just kind of blow for blow. It was like pop versus that fucking number 50. Ali Khalifa. Dude. The big Egyptian. Yeah, big dude who averages like four points a game, goes absolutely off on this one, but then pops matching him with threes. So you're getting, you know, kind of points there and then, uh, it was just really fun, really fun game. Tell two halves. Another, you know, sign that this team makes adjustments. McCaffrey, yes. you know, obviously is working in the in those half times to figure out something because uh, you've seen this multiple times now of feeling like we're dead in the water, and then all of a sudden second half comes and you flip a switch and you're able to get yourself back in these games. And so uh, it was a really Im- impressive victory, especially you know BYU going cold really helps you there after they made nine threes in the first half. I think they made three or four in the second half. Yeah. They had three, three for 19 in the second half after going 10 for 20 in the first. Yeah. That you'll take that. That's going to help you get back. And of course you shot the ball pretty well. You shot 50% from three pop had six threes. Um, And you know, he just had it going. Let's talk about, him right quick his career high 32 points for you six of nine from three 11 of 19 shooting overall to go along with it he had five boards four assists three steals uh let's talk about pop and his performance and and kind of what he had to do because joe was a joe played his absolute worst game uh of his texas tech career in that game he was pretty much non-existent on the uh point side of it like defensively i thought he you know did some stuff to keep you in the game but really, like you had to lean on Pop. Just kind of talk about his performance and what he did to help this team. Yeah, incredible by Pop, and he's had a run this first few games, five games of the Big Twelve, like yeah. putting up twenty. I think he leads Big Twelve in points per game, leads the whole like league point eight yeah. in points yeah. per game. Let me say that again: is Pop Isaacs, and yeah, I mean especially like to get us back on that run. And then he's the one that got us really going. And it wasn't just the scoring, like scoring was incredible. And some of the shots he made were great, but you even pointed this out. He's playing defense hard as hell. He's running back after a missed pass or layup and getting a steal. Like he was anticipating stuff. He was getting in there on defense and like making good passes on fast breaks to get points. Like, he was doing all the other stuff too. Like it was, he must've been just in the zone that much. Cause it was not just, let me go down, get off the screen and hit this three pointer. Like it was everything you could imagine. And it was, yeah, incredible to watch. And you know, 30 pieces even better. Yeah. Yeah. It was, just, it was a special performance. You're just like, he has taken another three and three after three. I think he made like three in a the row. One hit, just... It was like right in front of us. He came off the screen yeah. And he just he didn't really square up, and he just like kept floating and shot this big fadeaway three, and it was money. Boom. <laughs> like that's when you knew. Yeah, 
he was in a rhythm. He was seeing everything. Like he was, like you said, he was making great passes. He has a great little pass dump down to Warren Washington for a dunk. Makes the right decision on a couple fast breaks. Takes one to the rack himself. Dumps one off to a uh, chance to get an easy two on the other one. Um, he was just seeing the game. And defensively, this was the most impressed yes. I've been with him. He was all over the place. Like every time there was a loose ball or turnover, you felt like either Pop caused it or he was on the receiving end of it. Uh, he was just doing all the work. By far the best game I've seen this kid play. No doubt. Uh, and he's had a lot of good games, but this was just a really special performance. It was fun to get to see him in that kind of zone. And there's very few players in this conference that like can get in that kind of zone where they can just take over a game like that. And you're yeah. glad to have a guy like that on your team because – uh, hey, you needed him. You absolutely had to lean on him, and for him to come through in that kind of spot, it's uh, re- really cool. Uh, really cool to see that. The other kind of star player for you in this game, um, and, and it'll be easy to get overlooked because of Pop's performance. But Warren Washington's been an absolute stud for you so far in conference play. Yep. Nineteen points, nine boards, um, just another impact guy for you. He's been consistently in like double figures for you so far in conference play. Like the Houston game, everybody was kind of. Uh, under their averages but uh what do you think about warren's performance in this game offensively and defensively because 19 is a lot from your big man 19 is a lot he does a lot of good things we talked about him you know a few weeks ago the other thing is he every game plays the most minutes on yeah. your team led you minutes. Yeah. I mean, he's at just under 37 minutes for this game like <laughs> he's only sitting that means barely three minutes also know what that means to us. It means he's not fouling. He's not fouling. He's not, not getting fouling. in foul trouble. Uh, we're probably using, you know, his substitutions smartly above the under four and eight timeouts type things. But yeah, he just gives you so much, especially defensively. Like, and then yeah, his offensive game has been pretty impressive. His touch around the rim is nice. Yeah, it's something he's really developed over the season. Because at the start, it would look like it was going to be a struggle, <laughs> yeah. but he's he's got a really good offensive presence right now and and it's starting to be a really good catalyst for you because you know you can work off him he, he makes good passes he's a guy that you know if you leave him one-on-one you feel pretty good about it and then um you know he's been getting to the line and he might be your worst free throw shooter but he still pretty consistently makes them and so uh, i've been really impressed with yeah. him uh he's a really good basketball player been a really good pickup for you uh, and then another guy, Chance McMillan, Dude. 14 off the bench. I thought he was a really good player for you in this game. Didn't necessarily go off from three, but was consistently making plays, uh, finishing around the rim, kind of right spot, right time, and in certain uh, <laughs> certain situations of the game. And so you like to see that. As we mentioned, shot 50% from three um, in this game. Another stat you like to see, you were 10, I think you were 10 for 20. Um, yes, 10 three, for 20 so total in the game. So you'll take that. And meanwhile, you know, BYU hit nine threes on you in the first half, 10 threes on you in the first half, three in the (laughs) second. They hit 13 threes. This is like the second game at home. Oklahoma State hit, I think, 10 on you or nine or something like that. BYU hit a lot on you. Kansas State hit a lot on you. You're letting teams shoot the three, but somehow getting these wins. Here's the second half of that story, though. They made 13, but they shot 39. (laughs) They went three of 19 in the second half and – 13 and 39 for the whole game. So that's really living and dying by a three. Big time. In the first half they were living by and it. Hey, they're, the second half like, they were dying. We didn't mention this to start with, but like their offense is really good. And yeah, you know, I heard some analysis on it either on the game or radio stuff, but like it's, it's unique. Like not a lot of other teams do some style stuff like this. And we saw it, you know, with our own eyes, it's, Unique. They run well. They pass well. Especially having a good passer in your big man like Ali Khalifa was. Like you can run so yeah. much through him, and guys just running off screens, and they're not afraid to shoot the ball if a dude's in your face. So like, that's yeah. how they can get some teams. Like they gave Houston fits the other night, and so like yeah. they're they are a good and troubling team. Yeah, you get them on the wrong night where they're hitting Ooh, threes. Like it's which we almost did. beat them. And yeah, you, we flirted with it, but. That's what happens when you have a bunch of white dudes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> bunch of white dudes named Richie. Yeah. <laughs> out there balling for you, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I thought, you know, it was a, as impressive of a first half offensively from them that I, I've really seen just the execution. 
Um, they were just running some of the same plays over and over again and getting wide open looks. Yes. Just cash every single time. And you're like, all right, our chance here, they're going to start missing at some point. Nobody just keeps shooting like this. And finally they did. You were able to take advantage of it. You get the win that moved you to three, four and one now in conference play. And of course, as we mentioned at the start of this alone, now at the top in the big 12 conference, you got one more last thing on this game. And I think it was the biggest part besides, you know, just keep grinding and make a miss eventually was our free throws. We were 17 of 18 from the free throw line while a big time shooting team like BYU, who's not trying to get to the rim, really. They were only three of five. Yeah. And you can't really blame the refs on that because that's just how your offense was running, man. Like not attacking the rim, not attacking the rim, not trying to get those type of things like I think that was huge and then like last thing on Tucson like yeah nothing was falling for him like one for ten you could tell he was frustrated he hit some key free throws down the stretch uh, but he he's been carrying this team for weeks like just as a leader and defensive guy and, like getting the game winning and one against K-State you know like he's been grinding hard and like he yeah, definitely deserved a break and this this yeah. bye game, um, so he can get back on track. He's had a rough couple games. I think he just kind of wore out a little bit. Yeah, I think he just needs to get back to playing ball. I, I think when I've watched him the last few games, he, he's playing to get fouled. Too much, yes. I, I just don't like that style no. of basketball. Just go, go, attack the rim, finish, shoot the ball without looking for contact. I went back and watched the second half because I wanted to see, kind of relive the comeback. And there's one point where he kind of pulls up for a shot around the elbow and he just like flails. Instead of like just shooting the ball, he flails and Fran hit him on it. And I was like, thank you, Fran. But like, just shoot the ball, man. You know, even that last kind of possession where he gets a steal and he's driving to the basket instead of just going up for the layup, he's like trying to get contact and then he misses the layup. And luckily there was a bad foul um, that got chance to the free throw line and you were able to get some points off of it, but uh, just play ball. Yeah. And, and I feel like, Maybe he needed this break to kind of get back to that because he's been chasing fouls, flopping, uh, and, and and we've seen him play, and we know that's not his right. game. So hopefully he can get back to that. Hopefully this break will help him do that. Hopefully we see him perform because we got a couple other big games on the horizon. Texas Tech takes on Oklahoma Saturday. They are ranked – are they currently ranked number 11 in the country right now? Or – I don't know. They just dropped one midweek to Texas, so yeah, they'll drop are. a bit. I think they were 15. They are 11, 11. right now. Um, yeah, I think they are – I think they're definitely overrated. How are you feeling about this game on Saturday? Yeah, feeling good. I mean, I hadn't watched a lot of them. I watched a little bit of that Texas game, but uh, only thing I do know is they have an SPC player on their roster that plays a little bit, so hope. Oh, yeah. Rivaldo Silva doesn't go off on us and treats us well. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched too much of Oklahoma. I've just kind of been paying attention to them from afar because yeah. they got as high as like number eight in the country. Right. And I thought That's it was surprising. kind of fluky. And you look at their schedule, they haven't really played anybody. They played North Carolina and lost. Um, you know, and so far in conference, they're three and three. The Texas just dominated them in Norman. Um, and so I, I definitely think this is a team that kind of got some off-season or some non-conference love from just not losing to bad teams. Yeah, maybe. And they're finally going to get a reality check in the Big 12 Conference. And so this is a, a winnable game, I think, for sure. This You know, this home crowd is never really that energetic. Yeah. It's not like that big of an advantage. I think you're definitely a better team. And I think you can go in there and steal this win. And if you're able to do so. that, you feel pretty good about yourself heading into a Tuesday night game against – the TCU Horn Frogs. Your thoughts on uh, the upcoming battle Tuesday night? Yeah, TCU brought back a lot of dudes from last year's team. So, very experienced, good team. Probably my least favorite coach in the Big 12 resides in Fort Worth and TCU. So, I mean, if he's staying on the court, Joe's the perfect guy for this. Yeah. Run into him, yeah. take his knee Don't out. That foul. <laughs> Like, you know, Jamie Dixon's going to be on the floor and not like oh, yeah. barely, like multiple feet All on them. the floor, like on the three on point the line. three point line. 
Joni's just run into him really hard, take his knee out, something. But like, is that one here or there? That one is there. Great. So. And we have to watch the game on a terrible oh, court. Sorry. Yeah, that's always my least favorite part of these TCU games is is that court. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, Oklahoma's, uh, I think, your more winnable game out of these two. I think TCU's definitely a tough team to beat at Agreed. home. But I, I definitely think there's an opportunity to, to you know, I don't, I don't think you're going to win both, but, you know, um, I think they're going to be close games that you're going to be fighting and you're going to be in them. And can you make their plays down the stretch to, to pull away with the victory? I think one of these, you know, I think you got a better chance of winning both than losing both. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say I would be more shocked if you lost. Yeah. Both. Right. Probably than if you won. both. Yeah. Um, just at this point, because I, I really do think Oklahoma's overrated. I, I really hope that you get the win there. Uh, then, may, you know, maybe this time next week we'll be like, yep, should have seen us losing those two games. I don't know. Um, but it's a it's a big opportunity. Uh, and, and I definitely think you're going to learn more about us over these next two games. I think after this stretch, you're going to be like, all right, this is a team that can actually contend for a Big 12 title, or this is a team that's going to be, you know, kind of middle of the pack of the Big 12, which is what we thought going into the season. How – with us being at the top of the conference, like that's the question. How realistic do you think it is right now that Texas Tech can actually compete and maybe steal a Big 12 title? Still think it's too early for that talk. I like people living in the, hey, we're first for now yeah. world. and Enjoy it. The key for now because we haven't played Baylor in Kansas and we got an Iowa State game that's rough to go to also so like we got some more big boys around the corner but starting four and one you know in the first third of the season puts you in a great spot you know as long as you don't go on a huge skid of like four straight losses like yeah. you should end up in this top five possibly yeah i i don't think we're gonna win the conference i, I think i've said you know i put money my money on uh, yeah. Houston to win it. I don't think that will be there. But if we're saying that five losses is going to win the conference, I, you know, 12 and six is a realistic possibility for Texas Tech. And that puts you like right there in the thick of it. Um, you know, you've gotten through half of may maybe your toughest part of the schedule here. Um, you know, after these games, you get home versus Cincy, home UCF, home Kansas, your home TCU, Texas. Yeah and Baylor. Those are all winnable games. You know, if you can continue to win home court, that's nine wins for you. And then what can you pull off a road win at UCF? Can you win one of these two games? Can you win at West Virginia or Oklahoma state? Like if you're able to get three more road wins, like you're right there at the top of the conference, you're, you know, three more road wins put you at what? 12. Yeah. And you put it that way. Wins. It sounds easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's right. And like, once you start looking at the standings, a lot of teams in that like, you know, twelve to or I guess eleven, I should say eleven to twenty range, it's gonna come down to those games. Like yeah. pulling off that win against, you know, at time number twenty Texas, who could be same ish yeah. level as you, huge win. Kansas State, same ish level. BYU, same level. Like Pulling off those kind of wins is where you kind of start to gain ground on teams because, like, that's where the bulk of this conference is. TCU is right there also. Mm -hmm. Like, you you can win those games against those same tier-type teams. That's where you can really separate and get yourself boosted up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's fun to be in the thick of it. You know, I, I feel like we'll, you know, have a say so and, and who comes out on top, you know, maybe you can play spoiler to somebody. Um, um, but I think we're going to be a part of that conversation. And that's really just kind of what you, where you want to be as a program is you want to be in the conversation. You, you want to be up there at the top of conference and heading into a season where you thought you were going to be around eight, nine, maybe, uh, to have a chance to be maybe top five in the conference, is a huge opportunity, especially in year one of the Grant McCaslin area. And so um, some big opportunities. I think these next two games will kind of tell you maybe where you're going to be. If you're, if you come out two and O from this stretch, like you're definitely going to have a say so in maybe winning the conference or at least 
being right up there. If you go one and one, you're still in the thick of it. Um, you go oh and two here, then all right, maybe we That's, readjust yeah. our our expectations at that point and kind of be like, all right, hey, maybe this is a team that we thought it was. Um, but you're still in a good spot, and that's where you want to be at this point in the season. And uh, so excited for these two games, uh, Oklahoma on Saturday at 1 o'clock, and then TCU on Tuesday at 6 o'clock. So get tuned in. Uh, possibility I might be in Norman. Um, still waiting. Still waiting for see if that's going to happen or not, but it might be a little fun there and back trip in today. Go watch the Red Raiders uh, in Norman. But – before we get out of here for this week, that's everything our Texas Tech basketball team we've got to discuss this week. We do have some final shots for you guys. So, Dustin, I'll kick it over to you first. What's your final shot for us this week? All right, a couple quick college football things, um, not coaching-related. Coaching carousel has been a wild the last couple weeks, but uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the LSU wide receiver that got arrested for gambling uh, Kayshawn Butte, LSU wide receiver, got arrested for gambling. And if you read the story, it was a lot of gambling. A lot. And he made a lot, a lot. of money. <laughs> if you look at his account that they've posted, so good for him. Um, the biggest thing he's in trouble for is like he was underage to do it and then used his mother's account to do it. So I guess there's bad things there. And like, they're making a big deal that he bet on LSU games and he bet on himself to go like over and score a touchdown. I think that should be allowed. If you're gives him more motivation to play better. Yes. That should be totally allowed to bet on yourself to go over your yards and score a touchdown. And then you can bet your team to win the game. Like, yeah, it's the betting against and the betting like under. Like, I'm not going to do yeah. anything this game. That That's the stuff where your defensive player want to bet like yeah. the under on the yards. Fine. Like, yeah. it's got to be the favor of you and your team. Like, that should be totally legal. <laughs> also, those two did, bets didn't hit. So it ruined his parlay. Like, he bet, yeah. I bet he was the most pissed about that game. <laughs> yeah. He lost more than just his bet. He lost his pride, too. Um, yeah, you know, betting, it's going to be interesting over these next few years because, like, you can't watch a sporting event, listen to a sports podcast. You can't do oh, anything there. without just, like, gambling being shoved in your face, you know? Um, and, and like you said, I have no problem with a player betting on himself. Like, I literally have no problem with that. Um, and I get it. It can be hard to regulate. All right, we got to make sure every single bet that they're betting – on themselves we can you know can't let them bet one time on the under or whatever um but i don't know yeah i'm not i'm not that mad about it (laughs) yeah the other thing uh i had to scroll back through some tweets because i knew i liked some stuff i wanted to bring up the other ridiculous college football thing was miami tight end cam mccormick was granted his ninth year of eligibility nine freaking years so he graduated in 2004 2014, I mean. 14, 15, somewhere in there. 19 years. He was in, and I had to look this up because I was like, what recruiting class is this? So he was in the same recruiting class as TJ Vasher, Jordan Brooks, Jet Duffy, and Antoine Wesley. Imagine me telling you, hey, Jet Duffy just got his ninth year. He's coming back. I would not. I would not. Also, what's he still in school for? Like, what are you yeah, studying? <laughs> trying to get his, trying to get his eighth degree. What are you taking at this point? You've taken every class. <laughs> like, like at what point are you? You know, I, you know, I know college isn't just all you know teenagers and young kids. Like, like our friend Walker, I was in a class with him when I was like twenty, and he's you know several years older than me. Like, I know that's a common thing. Not everybody's young, but like, at what point do you, it does it become weird on the football team that you're like 26, 27? Yeah. And you weren't a football, and you weren't a baseball player coming back like yeah. Ryland Reed or, or Brandon Whedon type dude. Yeah. Like, at what point are you too old? Like, all right, dude, like, it's time to move on, bro. Like, I, I don't know. And he's, I listened to the Levitar show and they're like, yeah, he's not even that good. Like, <laughs> that's probably why he's trying to stick around because one, he's not that good. Yeah. 
But like, dude, nine years? And they're just like, yeah, sure, have another one. Come on, NCAA. You must be having a hell of a time in Miami. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to give this up just yet. (laughs) Can't wait for Alan Bowman to get his 10th year and break that record. Yeah, maybe he gets great access into some of the club scenes and stuff. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, it's not worth worth leaving this just yet. Um, Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I'll stick around with football news for my final shot. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers have named their head coach yeah. John Jim Jim Harbaugh. I get the Jims and John, the two of the most basic names ever. But Jim Harbaugh moving on after winning the Natty at Michigan, uh, moving on to the Chargers like that for him. We're still yeah. some other coaches that we're waiting, but just another kind of coaching carousel thing for now. Michigan needs a coach. Um, I haven't really seen any. Looks like their offensive coordinator who also filled in this year is going to be the guy more. Um, yeah, Yeah. yeah. that would make sense. Uh, seems like the team already is familiar with him. So, uh, that's interesting. We're still waiting on some other dominoes to fall. Mike McCarthy, uh, running it back for another year. Yeah. Um, so the Cowboys not it, getting involved. In it looks Bill like Belichick Bill Belichick's going to get left out though. Cause the Falcons signed a dude today. The Panthers signed a guy today. Who'd the Falcons hire? I haven't seen that one. The, but I haven't really been on my yeah. Phone. That one came out earlier. Who'd they Raheem Morris. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. Has Vrabel gone anywhere? Nope. Hmm. I wonder if like, yeah. Interesting. What what what's left now? Seattle. There's one more. Washington. There Washington's waiting on Ben Johnson from Detroit. Yeah. Seattle is left. So there's that. Okay. The crazy thing about the Harbaugh one, obviously like great move for him and the Chargers, is that only one of the four college football playoff teams kept their same coach this year yeah washington lost their washington went to another playoff team (laughs) yeah washington went to another playoff team michigan keeps or loses hardball and saban just retired sark stays at texas yeah that's crazy crazy coaching carousel year um basketball it's getting close to trade season so there's a lot of stuff going on in the nba uh miami heat traded for Terry Rozier, Scary Terry, great fit. I love that trade yeah. for Miami. I'm like, God, that's like the most perfect Miami guy that you could that that'll go in and fit in that system. And then the Bucks, the second place in the East Bucks fire Adrian <laughs> Griffin, their head coach, and then replace him with Doc Rivers right off the bat. So that in- interesting moves there. <laughs> Here's the weird thing: there, Doc Rivers was consulting Adrian Griffin, the coach that got fired. Yeah. I don't know if that was necessarily Griffin's idea from what I, some of the stories I've heard. Either way, that was it's not a good about, idea to hire yeah. the guy that consulted the guy you don't like. And like Doc has a pretty proven track record of underachieving with yeah. pretty good talent. Yeah, but maybe he connects with Giannis. Maybe <laughs> sure. Giannis Let's run it back needs. with Doc Rivers. <sighs> yeah, interesting. But yeah, rarely do you see like the really good second team second place team fire their coach midway through his first year yeah um very odd scenario but i love nba trade season so it'll be you know fun to keep an eye on what what teams make trades what players go where uh as trade deadline i think is like two weeks away so um but if anything big happens we'll you know kind of talk about it here in the final shots anything else for you this week uh i just scrolled past it what was your thoughts on the caitlin clark Court storming collision. <laughs> flop or no flop. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought it was weird. I, I, it's it's another reason why court stormings are dangerous for the road team. Yes. Like, like they got it, but I, I, it looked a little floppish. Uh, I don't want to go out and say it was 100% flop. Yeah. I think it was definitely embellished. I think it was a little bit embellished, but. Um, I don't know. Maybe don't let your player just run off by herself while a bunch of fans are storming the court. Maybe gather your yeah. team and kind. I think of- Tech's done really good of how they do it, keeping the handshake line by itself. And they've kind of now, hey, you can storm the court in like five minutes. Let's get these guys out of here. They got the tunnels yeah. behind now. But 
also was like, why is that girl so late to the court <laughs> and yeah. by herself so bad? <laughs> it was all just a little weird. Yeah. Like she was late and weird on her phone, and then Caitlin Clark runs into her and does this 360 fall, falling down thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I get like she probably wasn't expecting it. And so that's probably why she <laughs> felt like that. Cause I mean, I'm d- dramatic when I hit my knee on the counter that I wasn't expecting <laughs> to. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love court stormings. Like they're fun, but there's a safer way to do it. And I think like Tex does a good job especially because the students are always right there on the opposing team's sideline. So you got to get the team out safe. Yeah. And I, I just don't think they did a good job doing right. that. Um, but yeah, if I was that person that ran into Caitlin Clark, I am darting as far as I can into that huddle. So nobody knows. No kidding. <laughs> can't find me. Uh, I don't want to be the person <laughs> that, that did that. Uh, but yeah, interesting yeah. situation. So um, but yeah, that will do it for us this week here at Tailgate Talks. We will be back um, hopefully next week, uh, depending on work and stuff. We're trying to get these recorded when we can. Uh, hopefully a couple more Red Raider basketball victories on the way. But to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks, give us a follow. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five stars. Five stars for the Tailgate, please. And if you listen to us on Apple, we always appreciate a good review there. Also follow our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks where we do most of our posting and interacting. Uh, if you want to get our thoughts during basketball games, want to get videos of swag surfs and all that kind of stuff, give us a follow there. Uh, we also have Facebook, Instagram, and a YouTube channel. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Talking about Texas tech hoops. Hope we get some more dubs. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next. Tailgate.